opportunity to shine the light of truth, to bring justice to the restless souls whose lives were lost to their hands. Rise up against the evildoers of this world so that their souls may have peace. We will not surrender. We will fight. We will stand for what is right because we are the Justice Warriors. Hello, Justice Warriors, and welcome to Episode 6 of Season 3. I'm in the field today, so you may hear some background noise, and I can't promise I might not be distracted from time to time, but I'll try to get everything out before that happens. Folks, as I've shown you in previous episodes, I have a lot to say on the subject of corruption, and I have a lot of questions surrounding the investigation into the murder of Karen Swift, as well as other Dyer County cases. Over the past several days, I've been going back through some of my audios, that I had obtained over the past four years, and it has only proven to me through the plethora of information provided by these witnesses just how much the public does not know that needs to be shared in this case. There are a select few in Dyer County who have worked tirelessly to discredit the information provided to my assistant Tracy and I. The game of deflection and projection that they are playing has accomplished nothing good in regards to true justice. The allegation that either I or Miss Tracy have been dishonest, unethical, or malicious in any of our attempts to bring the truth to light are simply untrue and have only fueled the fire for those such as myself who are determined to uncover what is really going on in Dyer County. In this episode, I'm going to answer some of the questions that you, the public, may have by addressing each and every allegation that's been made. Although we may have done some of this in the past, I think it will be beneficial to put it all in one place so that anyone who has any question of our integrity can come back to this single episode to find our responses to the backlash that we've faced over the past four years. At the end of this live episode, I will open up the line for comments and questions from our listeners on Facebook. We will do a Facebook Live for that session. The first allegation that I want to address is that I have a client in Karen Swift's case and that more specifically, my client is David Swift. First, I would like to say at this point that I wish I did have a client in this case because if I had, I could probably retire by the time it's finished. For the record, my average hourly rate is $100 per hour. To date, I have received exactly $100 for my work in this case, and that was sent to me unsolicited by the former assistant district attorney of Dyer County to show his gratitude for our efforts. On the flip side of that, Ms. Tracy and I have invested countless time, money, and resources to gather as much information as possible and to do our best to uncover the truth for Dyer County citizens. Thus, if we were to add up our profits from the services that we have provided over the past four years, it would likely be negative in the hundreds of thousands. This group of people, specifically my former intern, who have made a public allegation that I or we are being untruthful in this regard, have offered one of the audios that they had stolen from my Dropbox file as proof. The audio being referenced is a telephone conversation that I had had with a potential witness, a friend of Miss Swift's. In that conversation, the unnamed individual asks me who my client is, and I told her that I couldn't disclose that. 
Normally that would be a reasonable answer, but in this case, it wasn't the truth. The reason that I answered her question in this way was simply to avoid having to go into conversation about why I've taken a case without a client or how I could afford to do so. At that point, I had already had this conversation with several individuals that I'd spoken with, and quite frankly, I was tired of explaining myself. I felt that it was irrelevant and a distraction from what I was trying to do, which was and still is find the truth of what happened to Karen Swift. Next, let's discuss the allegation that I was being biased in my investigation. I disagree. In fact, I feel strongly that in all actuality, it is the Dyer County Sheriff's Office that has shown bias in their investigation. When Tracy and I began this journey, based on the information that was available to us through the media, we absolutely believed that David Swift had killed his wife. When we first became aware of the allegation that Karen's son, Dustin, had seen what would later become one of our persons of interest, Mr. Sells, at the crime scene within just a couple days of Miss Swift's disappearance, we were skeptical. But when two other people provided statements that they had also seen him, we began to question whether there could be something to it. What sealed the deal and made me consider him a person of interest was the published interview that he provided to media at the crime scene a couple days after her body was discovered there. As a private investigator and someone who knows that the perpetrator often returns to the crime of the scene and will oftentimes involve themselves in the investigation, this was a huge red red flag for me. So I turned my focus from that of the majority and I continued to investigate the allegations being made towards the Sells family. As I dug a little deeper, I found that there was a history of violence there with Mr. Sells and his son. From speaking with people who knew them well, such as my former intern, I discovered many allegations and the allegation that Mr. Sells and his son had been in an altercation with another individual at Abe's Steakhouse and that at least for a period of time, they weren't allowed to return. I also learned that Mr. Sells had been involved in a legal dispute with a man named Frank Burnett and that Mr. Burnett was terrified of Mr. Sells because of the threat that Mr. Sells would kill him. The threat was not taken lightly by Burnett's attorney who requested that the court evaluate Mr. Sells' mental stability and asked that his client receive protection from Mr. Sells. Burnett's secretary testified in that hearing that Mr. Sells had told her personally that he would kill Burnett. When she told Sells that he couldn't say that, he retracted his statement only to say that he would hurt him real bad. So when I received my first call from Mr. Sells threatening to, quote, fix my ass, end quote, I knew exactly what type of person that I was dealing with. And when I sat in the preliminary hearing for Mark Morgan and Sam Kelly for their extortion case, I got to listen to TBI audios of Mr. Sells saying that he wanted to bash my skull in. Now, (laughs) I've heard Mr. Sells' version of what he said, and it has been changed by him to that he said he wanted to bash my face with it. I guess meaning my investigation. I'm not really sure. But 
That is not what he said. And he is lying when he says that's what he said, because specifically what he said was that nothing short of bashing my skull in was good enough in so many words. But the term bash my skull in is exactly what got my attention because in case you guys don't know, this entire dispute between between him and I is about the murder of a woman where her skull was bashed in. So as time went on, more and more people came forward with information and I quickly learned that anyone and everyone that had gone to Dyer County Sheriff's Office with information that would potentially place Sells and or his family on the suspect list was quickly rejected. Again, as a private investigator, this was a major red flag for me. And since I'm a firm believer that where there's smoke, there's fire, I was convinced that I was on the right track. Of course, this is only a brief synopsis of how and why I reached the conclusion that I did. But I hope that this at least answers the question of whether or not I showed bias in my investigation. Next, the allegation that I slice and dice my audios and or videos. Obviously, the witness audios that I have released to the public through my website or Facebook page or whatever have been edited in order to protect the witnesses. However, neither Tracy or I have done anything that would change the content of the statement. All of the witness audios have been preserved in their original location that they were recorded in and have been provided to General Goodman in their entirety. Some of them are quite lengthy and contain irrelevant content, but nonetheless, they have been provided in their true correct, true and correct form. So for that, I almost feel sorry for General Goodman because if he's listened to them, he probably hears my voice in his sleep. The allegation that my assistant Tracy photoshopped the photo that was published of Mr. Sells' daughter and Mrs. Swift engaging in what appears to be a confrontation at the Halloween party on the night that Swift went missing. This allegation is laughable. Miss Tracy is the best person I know. She's honest, loyal, and at times naive because she believes that everyone is as good as she is. Our former intern, who was still a part of the Justice Warrior team at the time that we received this photo, she knows that it's a lie. She knows that Tracy did not Photoshop that picture. Was the photo enhanced? Yes, it was. The person taking the picture was focused on Kathy Bona, a friend of Swift's whom she had gone to the party with. Miss Tracy, being the thorough and dedicated person she is, took the time to sit down and go through each and every photo provided to us with a fine tooth comb. She spent hours scouring the backgrounds of these photos until she found it. When she saw Karen's blonde hair, she zoomed in and brightened the photo so that she could see her more clearly. After cropping, enhancing, and brightening the photo, it was clear as day. There was what appeared to be Sells' daughter, Dina, in her costume, which was Sandy from Greece, and the late Karen Swift facing one another at the bar. Folks, this photo is real, 
and anyone who says differently is a liar. I don't know if it proves anything, but it at least proves that Miskatormus did see and speak with Swift that night. Now, some would have you to believe that every single person who has come to us with information is lying. That our witness list consists of nothing but criminals, drug addicts, and the such. But what about a police chief? A constable? A former ADA? A former sheriff's deputy? The DA of a neighboring county? Two county commissioners? And the man who now holds the seat of county mayor? Every single one of these people has come to us and shared their own experience with corruption in Dyer County. Now, for personal allegations that were meant to shine a negative light on me in order to convince the public that I'm not trustworthy, I am not, and never have been, a porn star. The photo that was posted next to my photo, I hope y'all don't even think that looks like me. I have always been transparent about my past, and I have no problem admitting that I was an exotic dancer in my younger, more youthful, more youthful days. I did model, and some of those photos that were taken of me were published in men's magazines. Oh, those were the days. I kind of wished that I still had those magazines now so that I could reminisce on a time when my butt sat several inches higher. But, unfortunately, I didn't keep them around for my children's sake. Not that it should matter now, but for the record, I was not a porn star. Much like I'm not the woman in the picture, I'm also not the same Heather Sollers, which was a name that I went by in my second marriage, as the one who was allegedly an assessor to murder in Raleigh, North Carolina. In the 200 and something page complaint that was filed with the PI board, in in an attempt to discredit me by having my private investigator's license removed, my former intern who typed the complaint for sales cited the wrong case. Thanks to one of my highly intelligent friends who took it upon herself to find the court case, we were able to find the correct citation. And when we did, it took me all of about five minutes to find the person I was accused of being. Miss Sollers of Raleigh, North Carolina, is several years younger than I am and has two young children. She also appears to have always resided in that area. Hopefully I don't need to explain any further how or why this person couldn't possibly be me. If I've missed any allegations that y'all would like me to address, if you need answers from me, please feel free to ask. I've always been transparent, and I'm not ashamed of where I come from or who I am. There is nothing from my past that I will not admit. My intentions in this case are and always have been to make sure that the public knows the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Now, in the spirit of honesty and transparency, I would like to pose some questions for them, starting with, If none of the information that I've been provided with in this investigation is true, then why threaten and intimidate people? Why wouldn't you just be willing to combat the allegations made by the witnesses in a calm and collected manner? Why threaten Tim Burnett at the corner market to tell him that him and his wife need to shut up 
why pay my former intern tens of thousands of dollars to dig dirt on me and try to have my license removed? Why would DCSO detectives reject witness statements and tell people to change statements made to me? Why would information be withheld from General Danny Goodman? At David Swift's bond hearing, the prosecution used allegations that he was stalking his current wife as a premise of past behavior, which is exactly what I have done with my persons of interest. You see, I have obtained multiple statements from witnesses claiming that Miss Swift was murdered because she was running her mouth about certain people and their dirty little secrets. I established a documented history of violence on behalf of my persons of interest. And when I ran my mouth about the same things that I believe Miss Swift was killing, was killed for running her mouth about, sure as shit, they came after me and I was threatened and the witnesses that ran their mouths about them were also threatened. What about this screams innocence? Not a damn thing. So you tell me, Justice Warriors, what's really going on in Dyer County? Stay tuned for Episode 7, Season 3 of What is Really Going On in Dyer County.